Debo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Every gets over the line. Try from Munster. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 49 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is Neve Briggs. How are you, Neve? I'm not too bad. Still trying to warm up from Sunday. Great uh, atmosphere. Great atmosphere. Had you any match the weekend or training with the women's uh, teams? No, we, we were off this weekend. So with great. all the women's teams, I should say. With all the <laughs> yeah, no, it was a rare weekend off, so um, it was good. Very good. As ever, we want you to be involved. You can always tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or at our own personal Twitter Twitter uh, pages. You can leave a comment on YouTube or email us at the Rugby Channel at barmedia.ie. Right, we've had plenty of thoughts. I put a tweet out yesterday. Um, similar team, a lot of uh, glass half full people rather than over criticism or over being over critical of the team. Um, 18-13, losing bonus point to Munster against uh, five-time European champions. So what, what's the reaction been like? Yeah, look, to be fair, I think I think people are right to be glass half full. I actually thought there were so many good moments in that game. And um, I just think in relation to where both sides are, Toulouse top, top 14, obviously steeped in history, incredible players, and Munster are just starting to rebuild themselves. Uh, Jerry Callahan on YouTube, it's great to show improvements, but still think we're not doing enough to develop an option at 12 or 3. I can tell you now, now how scandals and any of our tight heads will go against top tier. Someone should be on the phone to Ulster to try and get Sutherland or Tumaga for next season. Yeah, well, Rory Sutherland, I saw that one as a loose head. Mm. Um, yeah. So he's talking about getting a tight head. Um they don't yeah, grow John, on trees. Yeah, John Ryan played well, and that's been a big debate about obviously letting him go and then bringing him back. And um, rumours he's going experience. now again. Yeah, poss- paper possibly, yesterday. but um, be a disaster. Uh, Liam Sheehan, a credible performance against one of the best club sides in the world. Our ability to defend our mall and execute our mall cost us the game. Ref didn't seem interested in refereeing the offside and breakdown. And Martin Brommel, to only score three points in the second half isn't good enough. Had an opportunity at 10 15 to take three, didn't, and went to the corner and failed to score. Shortly after, a front row incline came off, gave up experience and size there. Toulouse players played the conditions better than us, not all bad. Yeah, when he says there, um, just on that one, I'm not good enough, it's very, very difficult against a side that, that are have so much depth, so much power. So I think it's a harsh, you know, kind of observation to say it's not good enough. Um, but you just course, say not scoring, only scoring three points second half, which... Yeah, I suppose I there was... And, the whole game. And I think, yeah, of course, a, a, a lot of people are saying, you know, we should have taken a penalty. Um, in, Hindsight's in great. Half. No, in, I'm telling you now, I have to say... They had momentum. They, they, you know what I mean. I would have went for a corner on many of those as well because they, they had momentum. They, you could almost feel that they were on top of, of Toulouse. And okay, they didn't execute, but hindsight's great. I, I think they were right to go for the juggler there. And they need, they know they need to score tries anyway. Uh, Joe was worried about our scrum and own lineup before the game, but both were solid enough. We didn't get enough points on the board during a good first half. Inaccuracies in the second punished by a quality outfit. 
Lack of size in the back five with Simon, Egg Dog, but Ahern out was costly. Fair comment. Yeah. Mibu again was always about going to be a case of more hope than expectation against a serious outfit like Toulouse. At least we stood up to them on like the Ulster performance, who are arguably a better side on paper than Munster at the moment. Tom Lurgan, uh, this one came too early for an improving Munster against one of the top teams in Europe. They were always going to have too much for us. Our handling errors were frustrating and they got some big turnovers at key moments. But we still had them worried on 18 minutes, bring on the Saints. That's kind of probably a good tweet to sum it up in terms of um, the improving side, like where about where they are in both teams and their cycles. Is that, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. Munster are a little bit um, behind them. Uh, Benjamin Cody, we have a lot of, to be upbeat about. We are definitely improving and are only going to get better and better. We lost to Toulouse by one score after four months of the coaching coaches being involved. We need time, consistent support of the players, coaches and good signings. And then uh, Ian Flynn, sloppy individual mistakes cost Monster. Ref was trigger happy with his whistle too. Never threatened the Toulouse try line in the second half. But credit to Luce there, quality side. Huge double header against Northampton now. Just a couple more. Uh, Ian Moore, disappointing result, but good performance overall given the strength of the opposition. Maul and lineup misfired at critical times. <laughs> Failed to put away a couple of opportunities that could have changed the result. Needed that yellow to come earlier to get full advantage. Just on that, the, the lineup misfiring. They only lost one lineout. Yeah, so, I agree. I think it was that was um, a crooked throw from Dermot Barron when he came on, and yeah. when they had a lineout on the, you know, the far side of the right. halfway line. So um, I thought the lineout was quite good. I think the mall is always going to be difficult. Um, a few people have mentioned that. Um, is that because of size, Quinny? The actual well, size, or is it technique? Well, what do you think? Uh, you have a second I- row, Emmanuel. Mafu, who's 145 kilos, uh, Richie Arnold, who's 130 kilos. Um, you know, you have so much power, size, physicality. And I know, and- but I'm asking you, is there a way that you can, you know, is there any way you can manipulate that to make your strengths become more powerful in that, in that unit? It's difficult because, um, sometimes, um, that, that size, you just, it's, it's hard to, um, it's the one one of their strengths when they have that weight and and size. That's um, if you start mauling against a team like that, you, it's it's just more difficult to go forward. You get yeah. a really good technique, but I think what Toulouse did um, not just their physicality and their size, but they broke up those monster mauls in that second half. Those two great opportunities um, were they legal in everything they were doing? No, they weren't. Um, and Monster had were penalised twice in. In, in at mall time by the referee, so uh, there wasn't any consistency there. I thought um, that ball just after half time when Munster had an opportunity down near the five meter line, um, that you know on two occasions there they got they got turned over twice there, and um, that was very very costly, obviously. And it's it's you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you go yeah. into the corner and you score, it's it's a it's a great res- it's a great decision and. Um, if you don't, but it's very difficult. So yes, a little to answer your question, of course, it's good technique as well. Getting the ball at the very back of the mall 
at least then you have a bit of stability. If you're not moving forward, you can play it away better. Yeah. Um, the second mall, um, I think uh, Craig Casey is trying to take it out and he gets wrapped up by Placines and knocked onto the ground and it's a, it's just a Take big it pile up and it's yeah. it's difficult. Um so it's a bit of technique, but it's hard to counteract that part. Maybe yeah, Munster would have been better off trying to do a peel around the back of the line out or around the front of the line out or move the point of attack. But you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um Per Per Johansson says, Okay performance, but not much more. Still struggling to create fine gaps and running with the ball. Should give Crowley the chance to start on Sunday. Thought the scrum would be a big problem, but it held up pretty well. And then Christopher Murphy, a step back from last year, in my opinion, Toulouse were content to kick and let Munster come at them for large stretches. When they wanted to play, they could flip the switch and dominate. Holding Munster scoreless for a huge stretch of the match shows how far Munster have to go. See, I just cannot agree really with that tweet. And then I think that, I think, I think Toulouse are incredible. I think they could, they could very well win this tournament. Um, but I don't think it was a step back from last year at all. I think Munster actually played. I thought they put a huge amount of faces together, especially in that first half. And we've spoken about evolution and um, parts of the game that, you know, that need to improve all the time. So they now have their first pod off the edge and the second pod. They had that already. They have the ability of Joey going in behind to be able to go out the back. And we spoke about being in that 15 channel how do we make the most of those line breaks or resource the ruck better? And that's something that they have this much, they, you know what I mean, close, this much almost sorted. And it's now about just making sure that the next couple of phases are, or, or pods are, are, that detail is there for them as it is for those on the inside. I, but, I, I obviously, I saw that tweet and um, I think it's, it's probably, the, the point is looking back at the game against Toulouse in, in May and the Aviva, um, Monster got was it three tries that day? Um, yeah, but and and they're, they they look like they got more line breaks and stuff like that. But I don't think it's. I agree. I don't think it's a step backwards. I think um, Monster defense defense was really really good at times. I think the try they conceded was that was a defensive mistake from from Anton Frisch. He shoots out of the line. You got to mm-hmm. get man and ball. Lebel finishes in the corner. The other one then was from the mall where. They broke off Marchand. He gives it to Dupont and and Tauzin scores in the corner. So it's not as if Toulouse cut cut Munster open. But I just that, even that first try was incredible. There's not many teams in Europe that are going to be able to go edge to edge without you know what I mean in terms of that. The, like the pass execution, the accuracy was was incredible. And yet Calvin Ash almost makes a tackle on the line. Yeah, but um, if Anton Frisch makes it doesn't come out of the line there, the monster defend that. They go back, they have a penalty as well. So mm. there's less pressure when you have the penalty coming. Really well yeah. executed, but um it was disappointing I try to score at that point because and we'll talk about the performance overall in a minute and we'll get more into it, but um uh it was, yes, I I, I don't yeah. think it was a step back. I think if anything, there's signs there that um they're easier on the eye. They're trying to play a bit better and they were the ones trying to play rugby. Toulouse kicked the letter off the ball and they do that. Yeah. Fran- France do that and it's it's no surprise but they have the power and um, that strength and physicality when they get into the scoring areas but very close game and overall I think the, you know, I think the reality going into it, no, I, I thought Munster might get a result here 
and they could still have easily got a result, even the mistakes they made and the pressure they were under in the second half if they got a little bit of luck and some refereeing decisions didn't go against them. But anyway, have you any more tweets? We'll just finish up one because the rest of them are all about really the, the same kind of t- thought process in relation to lack of size. So missing Snyman and Ahern and Dogbo with Shirley. Um, but George H. Dunnan says, uh, while we started well, began to concede penalties by not protecting our ball well enough to break them. The thickening fog seemed to harm us more than Toulouse. Mike Haley's counter-attack running neutralised in the second half. Still think we've enough about us to win on Sunday. Just on the fog and the conditions, I think, yeah. my opinion is if Munster are ahead there, well, then they can be the ones that are playing territory and putting the ball down the field and yeah. managing the tempo a little bit. Um, the breakdown was an issue. Um, uh, a lot of people are saying, well, we didn't protect the ball. Sometimes it's just downright difficult when you're playing against such a physical, powerful side who were right on the edge of the offside line numerous, numerous occasions. Now, for anyone who's not a Monster fan listening to this, of course, you can look back on both sides and Monster maybe got away with one or two that they could have been pinged for. But there was a lot that, um, you know, the pressure that was coming on Craig Casey and Paddy Patterson when he came on, um, I thought a few times, there's no way that the Toulouse players are at the high most foot the way they're able to grab and, and stop the scrum half from passing it. Uh, Joey Carberry got tackled two or three times as he was passing the ball. They weren't illegal tackles, but I watched him back again. They were a half a metre up the middle of the ruck that Toulouse defensive line. It was never called. It was never pulled. Uh, the AR, AR uh, the two ARs, uh, Greg McDonald and James Clark, a couple of times they pinged, they pinged Jeremy Lockman at one side in the first half. That was an assistant referee's call. But there was no calls for offsides from the assistant referees for either side. And I just think mm. Christoph Ridley missed a lot. And we'll talk about the referees' performance yeah. in a minute. But there was very small margins in this game. And I think that's why Munster are getting, you know, they're not getting a free pass here because I think there's lots of things they could have done better. But when you're playing against a side, there's 10 of these players in the 23 who won a Grand Slam with France. Munster have probably two starters at the moment on the Irish team. So there's a contrast there in the depth and the quality. And that is the reality before the game. I think most Munster fans knew that going into the ground. We spoke about it last week. Um, and and you're beaten by five points. Um, so um, that's why the glass is half full for me, I think. Could Munster have been better in certain things? Absolutely. But I think, um, you know, as you said, most teams and Toulouse will 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 beat most teams this year when they play them home and away. They're that much quality and strength and depth. Just look what they brought off the bench in in Mauvaca, Cyril Bai, Faumaina, three you know top class internationals. Uh, Flamont, who's an international as well, Jack Willis, English international. Um, a lot of power. They went with the six-two split. So Toulouse's tactics were very good. They they messed Munster up at that breakdown and use their physicality to to um that worked in their favour. Yeah, look hugely. I think um you just hit the nail in the head in relation to our tactics. Um I thought they were incredibly smart about how they went about things. So they they they'd have DuPont uh, you know out of three or four meters behind the rook defensively. And the minute the ball is lifted it gives him license to shoot and he's putting so much pressure on not only Casey, but Carberry are the next first receiver. And therefore, he, it, it almost looks like he's offside 
there were offsides, 100% in terms of French players coming back into position and Casey's looking to pass. There was two or three times there were front rowers in Casey's um, uh, line of vision coming back onto onsite. You know, starter hit them like that. That makes it more obvious. Yeah, and look, I don't think I don't think. Look, at the end of the day, they were, these are small margins, small things that you just felt that they, they didn't get the bounce of the ball, and like they lost by a score. Um, I know, but what I'm saying is that, like Dupont, he was he for me by far like he's the best player in the world. Like I know John ja, ja, um, Van der Fleer has won there a couple of weeks ago, but watching him the other day. His ability to almost cheat lines, kind of Richie McCaw-esque, I thought, in terms of living on that edge. Even like his ability to, so he goes to chase down a kick, a monster kick back, and he just stands there, never retreats. They kick and he waits almost a second or two and then he goes and everybody kind of forgot that he hasn't come from And, and from he's, the offside offside. he's offside. He's offside because he makes, he makes no, he makes no like, effort to go back. But how, it's clever, Quinny. It like, is, yeah. that, you, you lived on the edge. It's it's absolute rugby smart. And if we, I'd love somebody in our team to be, live, to be like that, to be living on the yeah. edge like that. And, and, that, and that's, just, that's just that, that game awareness and, and he's a wonderful player defensively and from an attacking point of view. Let's talk about the positives and negatives. So, from the performance, so um, one score game um, against a powerhouse, um, Munster at home. They've lost once in. Uh, let me see. It was one game in one defeat for Munster in their last twenty European games before Sunday, and that was against Leicester a couple of years ago. I think it was yeah. two thousand seventeen or eighteen. So, um, it's a difficult place to go and play, and. Toulouse managed managed the game and the tempo really well, so they're a top quality side. But just on the monster um, positives and negatives, let, let's start with the, the negatives. So, where could Munster have been better? Um, we take we take the, the the Toulouse pressure and physicality out of it for a minute here. Yeah. Um, so, for Munster fans listening and for people looking for positives, um, we'll talk about them in a sec. But just the negatives: where could Munster have been better? I thought they started the game really well the first 20 minutes. So one of the negatives for me, and I'll let you answer then, is is not getting enough scores in that first 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, look, 100%, because then it's a different story and talking about momentum. I think for me, the big thing is, is that missing small detail. So they they have this rocking process that they call barreling. So now they don't just clear past the ball and then have a sealer on top of it. They literally just clear out the two defenders that are coming in on either side. And... If you get it right, it's brilliant because every ruck ball, like Leinster are exceptional at it. Every ruck, the ruck speed goes between zero and three seconds majority of the game. So it looks, in, 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 if you miss it, so if you don't get a shoulder on, if you come off the wrong angle, if you end up getting arms and you're starting to body swinging as it goes to actually nailing that, they are actually in the ruck and then they create havoc. So you're and saying I, they they missed that a few times? Uh, they missed it a few times, 100%. Probably more, more so in the second, second half. half. Yeah, and what happens is, is that in, in the, after a pod system off the edge, like whatever runs off the nine and whatever's running off, off Joey or, or even like another um, straight off the nine pod in terms of the two here, they're already set, so they're able to, they, they, they nail that detail there. My issue is that as they go through phase three, four, five, until they actually get to another edge, that space is where where they're missing that small little detail. So like, 
they don't know, like Frisch goes to go and then you go into try and rock him and all of a sudden the ball's in your hand and now Jeremy Lockman gets the ball and then all of a sudden Frisch is still on the floor, there's nobody coming from the inside to try and clear out and it's a turnover ball. So it's about that ability to have the numbers across the pitch, if that makes any sense. Okay, so better, better work at the breakdown, better technique, more awareness. Is that yeah. enthusiasm? Is it a mental thing? Is it fatigue or is it just switching off oh. for a second? I don't think it's switching off. I just think that it's a case of the game is evolving in terms of how teams attack now. So when you come up from your pod, you just come straight back. They don't really go around the corner too much anymore. So if if you're come if you've gone narrow off nine and narrow off nine again, all of a sudden you have a huge amount of space that you're looking to cover. And if somebody gets a half break, you're kind of running out of numbers a small bit. So um, but yeah, look, I and I, I think that that's definitely one in terms of the breakdown for me. And the second one is just, I find that if we miss a tackle defensively in the front line, we we, we concede nearly all the time because of how they defend. And I just think that we've got to be a little bit smarter that if somebody does miss a tackle, that, you know, like Frisch or whatever, you you, you know, you've got got backup behind it. But I I, I actually thought it was so much good about it. Their their retention of the ball was really good, especially the first half. So breakdown and and the defensive scramble. Handling errors, for me, um, there was a couple of them that maybe that's a little bit of the pressure, but I thought there was some some handling errors there. Maybe it was the fog. Uh, Mike no, Haley I, knocked one on. Joey Carby knocked one on. And they kind of drained the energy of the crowd um, and some of the handling errors. They're the other negatives for me. I don't know what you think. Yeah, and and you're right, but it's it's about putting the right people into the right space. So... You know, you, without being disrespectful or condescending to certain players, some players are just going to be absolute monikers. Some players are going to be the ones that can take the ball to the line. Some players are going to be the passers. And on at the moment, Munster are caught in a hard, rock in a hard place. They want to go and play this game that they've never played in the last five or six years. And they've got players that have grown up playing in a certain way. And now all of a sudden we're asking them to go through holes and to be able to catch the ball and be able to carry so obviously, John Klein one that in the first half he goes through a hole and he's away there. Like, because in Munster, are, that's a proper that's actually a proper line break because there's literally nobody in front of him. But it just drops the ball. Unfortunately, Jeremy Lockman's another one, and and the Joey Carberry, Mike Haley ones, they're they're a few. I I don't think that they happen that often. So you you think that like they're okay? It's that forward pack that ability to be able to um, exploit the space. And you know, hold on to the ball is 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 what that little bit of detail that Munster um, just need to continue to be patient with. Okay, and we acknowledge that. Um, look at it; there is a different sort of pressure on the team you're playing here. But these are these are things that Munster need to be better with at the top level, and a lot of the players will learn that. I think one of the big positives um, for me is, um, and maybe maybe it's a problem as well. There was 23 Irish qualified players tugged out for Munster on Sunday. That's unbelievable. You didn't even notice that. All, all 23 could have played for Ireland or have played for Ireland or, you know, there's a number of them in there have played for Ireland. So um, we have two players who are the marquee signings, RG Snyman and Malachi Fekitoa sitting in the stands. And, you know, RG Snyman obviously has had a dreadful time with the injuries. Hopefully, 
I think the news is a little bit better that he's making progress and that he will get back playing in the new year. Malachi Fekatoa hasn't fitted into the system, isn't impressing the coaches for whatever reason. He's fit, but he's not starting. So things to be um, to be performing and be available and doing well. So um, there's a positive and a, neg- a really big positive with the 23 players. But do you know what? Might, do you know what also was a big positive for the supporters and everything? The biggest roar of the night was Keith Earls coming off the bench, coming getting back fit, and you get to see him for the first time in the season. Were you? I don't know if you were at the match, but genuinely, oh, it was the biggest roar, more than the scores, when Keith Earls came off the bench, and that's I was the affiliation. At the, I was at the match, and you blanked me there as you were coming into reception. But anyway, <laughs> I'm used to that. Okay, the other the other positives for me. Um, Again, you can look at this two ways. Monster possession, 61%. So plenty of ball, plenty of opportunities. Toulouse didn't really want the ball. They just kicked it away. They kicked the ball 36 times in the game. Phenomenal. Yeah, it was incredible. Monster kicked it 22 times, which is a low number. Monster's territory, 58%, um, which is, again, they're playing in the right area. I know they're trying to get out. Meters gained 419 meters as opposed to 213. But look, people will say, well, it's the scoreline that matters. Um, defenders beaten 14 as opposed to Toulouse's 10. But Toulouse didn't really try and run the ball back. No clean breaks. Um, a lot of uh, endeavor to try and find space, but um, against a very, very strong defensive side. Um, 173 passes as opposed to 65 for Toulouse. I think the turnovers conceded are 10-6, but then Munster kind of turned the ball over 10 times, not at the breakdown, but at certain other areas in the game. They're they're kind of broad, those turnover stats. But um, So there's plenty of positives there. And, and Jeannie, I think- it was Quinny, sorry to interrupt you there. If you were look, held up those, that sheet, didn't tell anybody to score, you'd be almost saying, God, Munster absolutely won that game, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you do, unfortunately, stats can, can be no, strange. That's what I'm saying. Some, yeah, sometimes that's what I'm saying, they can yeah. be strange. But so, a lot of that stuff there, it's not as if Munster were completely outplayed the whole game and just, they were under the pump all the time. They didn't really have, um, you know, long periods in the game where they had to defend in their own 22. Um, I think, but look, credit to Toulouse, they're, they're the same mentality as France. They get into the scoring zone and they seem to have that power, that execution, that quality. And then when you have DuPont making decision, bringing players in around him, he's he's just phenomenal. Defensively, he was superb. He tidied up so much the other day for, for Toulouse. And tackle Mike Haley a number of times when he doesn't, doesn't retreat. And technically, is he brought onside or not? Who knows? But there, there's lots of positives there. I think the shape and the attack that they're trying to um, trying to create options was was there and evident again for people to see, um, which is really good. Um, let's get on to the start of the week because we've got to move on. Um, we're both in agreement, glass half yeah. full. And First obviously time for a while. There's an opportunity for, you know, to go to Northampton. They'll be reeling from their loss. We'll talk about that at the end. But the start of the week for you was who? It was Mike Ailey. I thought even in uh, very difficult conditions, I thought he was exceptional. Uh, he covered the most metres in running, which makes sense when Toulouse kicked the ball 36 times. But we're now starting to see Mike Ailey in terms of in a really good, rich vein of form. His ability to make ground, his footwork in and around contact, will always get a soft shoulder and more often than not, we'll always retain the ball, which is a very difficult thing to do when you're when you're running it back that much. Um, I'd love to see him link more. I'd love to see him come 
come off a blind side and, and be that first receiver. But I, I do, I thought he was really, really good. I just think he's, he, he seems to be liberated by, by Mike Prendergast's attack um, philosophy. Um, not just him, I suppose, lots of the players, but he, he especially. And uh, yeah, I thought he was really, really good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he was, um, it was, it was, he was superb, full of energy. And I think, you know, the aimless kicking that we've probably seen on occasions before and uncertainty from him when he gets the ball in the backfield. Um, the back three were really good. Mike, Mike Haley, yeah. Calvin Nash and, and, and Shane Daly. Frisch again looks a player, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, he's physical as well. He's like, he can take it into contact. Um, Joey Carberry, a little bit of a mixed bag at times, but I still, and some people are being critical. Good. I thought he was, I thought he was good. good. I thought yeah, he was thought good. He, he was made good. some mistakes. Look, there's some yeah. mistakes happened here. When you're on um, the ball that much, so Quinny, those mistakes will happen more than... John Hodnett, for me, outstanding again. Um, I know he was replaced by Kendellan, but uh, brilliant, brilliant player. Um, the pack overall, I think, you know, were solid. Uh, John Ryan did really well and our scrums and the tweeters at the start were mentioning that and that was a big concern. The scrum was good and, and players off the bench. Jack O'Donoghue looks really energetic and uh, making an impact off the bench. I know he doesn't want to sit there. He wants to start games, but Jack Crowley coming on, that's a question I have for you. Um, he looked really evasive and dangerous again. Um, is there an argument to start him in, against Northampton and, and maybe look at him as a centre option. Yeah, so for um, for a long time, I, I've always thought, like I still think that Joey's best position is 15. I, I always thought that um, Jack Crowley's best position is actually t- uh, at 12. I think he uh, you buy him that little more time and space. His footwork in around contact is so, so good. Um um, and yeah, a hundred percent. See, here's the thing, right? Rory Scannell is like a Mister Consistent. So he'd always do a good job. And to be fair to him, he always does a good job. He's hardy. He's a very good left boot. He's played well but in the last but, few weeks as well. But he, it, it's there's almost Jack Crowley has that little bit of X factor, that little bit of something out of nothing, that little burst of pace that I just think that Rory Scannell is missing, and I just think that. Munster have to go. They have to win. They have to try and get as, as many points on the board as possible in relation to trying to because of the new format of this Champions Cup, which I don't even understand properly. Um, and I think you got to throw caution to the wind, and I think you got to start him. Yeah, Malachi Fekatoa maybe comes back into the mix as well. I don't know I, what's what's going on there, and, and lots of people don't. But I think there's um, there's still some merits in having him in around the squad and seeing what he can do because. Um, he has a little bit of spark as well and that power that maybe we're talking a lot about. I think Chris Farrell is a massive loss to this team. Yeah, I, I, agree. I think um, if you had an option of him at 12 as well um, and, and Frisch outside him, there's But there's you know that Frisch, I heard or read something there this week or last week, um, that Frisch, Bristol thought Frisch was actually at 12 as opposed to a 13. And... You know, that then could open up a position for Fekitoa or I don't think they'll do it this weekend because they've not played him there. But, you know, Chris Farrell comes back or whatever, hopefully soon. Then you have, um, you know, a Frisch and, and a Farrell kind of a combination. But yeah, look, I, I do think that Munster needs something more there. Yeah, and some of the detail probably needs to be a little bit better for this week. But um, we've got to be very careful when we talk about Northampton because... 
you can think that it's going to be easier this week and what you did last Sunday, you won't be under the same pressure and it'll work. Um, there has to be a confidence and a belief that um, they can go there, but Northampton will be reeling as well. Um, I just want to go touch on one thing before we look at Northampton. Um, Christoph Ridley, the referee on Saturday, on Sunday, he's tweeted... Um, England were knocked out of the World Cup against France on Saturday night and Gary Neville uh, tweeted, ref is a joke. And Christoph Ridley that night uh, sent a reply. He, He did a quote tweet and this is what he said. The ripple effect of this tweet impacts refereeing standards in the long term. Even for those who do pick up a whistle, in the end, all you're left with is the referees that are able to tolerate and survive not the actual best referees. Unknowingly, this damages the game. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm always a little bit hesitant. Um, you know, you go back to the Razzie thing and uh, and the videos and stuff. Uh, part of me really believes there has to be more accountability at the top level, and um, not public shaming and all that kind of stuff. And there is accountability internally with the referees where reports are sent and they're, they're judged on their performances. But um, for someone making a comment like that the night before refereeing a European Cup game is ill-advised, I think, because I could easily go through uh, Christoph Ridley's performance on Sunday against Munster. And I'll give you some examples. Gavin Coombs on 54 minutes, perfectly legal, poaching the ball. He's pulled forward by the Toulouse uh, player. Um, the recommendation there is when the jackler gets onto the ball it, uh, and gets his hands on it, if he's pulled forward with lots of times players do now to try and make it look like they're gone off their feet, you still have to reward the jackler. He should have got a penalty there. Opportunity for Munster to kick it over the bar, make it 15-13, straight in front of the posts outside the 22. There was another one 65 minutes where Josh Richley carries the ball into into contact. Um, I think it's maybe Alex Candelan or someone comes in to clean it out. It shoots out the side of the rock. Dimitri Delibes, the, the 13 for Toulouse, is standing halfway up the middle of the rock, picks the ball up when it comes out of the side, passes to a couple of players. Um, Ramos kicks the ball downfield. Um, Monster players come back, retreat on the 22 to try and... Uh, help the players and, and tidy things up. Ramos comes in in a poach position, um, doesn't really go on the ball, in my opinion, and gets rewarded immediately with a penalty. Toulouse kicked the penalty, it's 18-10. It drains Munster. Um, there's two big decisions there that were wrong, and they were as wrong as wrong could be. So what does Christoph Ridley want Munster fans to say? Well, that's grand, it's fine, no problem. Um we won't criticise the referee for and his assistant referees and his TMO because I think his TMO got something really wrong in the first half as well when when uh, the number Mike seven for Toulouse, Mike Al- Alban Placines hits Mike Haley in the air and it's it's a yellow card for me. He gives the penalty. Um, they have a conversation. It's the shot is not put it up on the screen and. To be fair to Christoph Ridley here, he says, do I need to look at something more than, than just a penalty? And Rowan Kitt says, no, you don't. Who, who's the referee, Nave? The referee yeah. needs to, to, to... I know you get your recommendations and support from your TMO, but 
the pictures clearly show Placines takes Mike Haley out in the air. He comes down on his back. It is more than a penalty. It's a yellow card. There's talking about mitigation that uh, he was pushed. He was pushed by one of the two, touched by one of the Toulouse players. If it was a monster player, that's major uh, change in, the, in in what you're thinking. But so there's a number of big decisions there that went wrong. There's a lot of um, breakdown side entries. There's a lot of offsides at the breakdown. The side entries at those malls that I said. So and I know you get this, and I and I, I and this isn't sour grapes. This is a reality. You're always going to get some 50-50s, 60-40s in a game that you feel should have been gone to you as, as the home team and, and all I, I that think... kind of stuff. But um, it just felt like that throughout that whole game, that Munster did not get any of those 50-50 decisions. And they lose the game by a score. And I think the biggest, the two big ones are the Gavin Coombs one, and when the ball shoots out the side of the rock in the 65th minute, the Leibs picks it up. That's a penalty to Munster. And the other one's a penalty to Munster. He penalised Gavin Coombs saying he's gone off his feet. He's in a perfect position. He gets pulled forward. His hands are on the ball before he gets pulled forward. So for Christoph Ridley to be tweeting and uh, talking about Gary Neville on Saturday night that he shouldn't be saying ref is a joke because it has a ripple effect, a ripple effect on the refereeing standards. Well, the refereeing standards weren't good on Sunday, Christoph, and you need to go back and have a look at your match. Um, and it's no good to Munster now. They'll send in their report and they'll get the feedback back basically saying, oh, yeah, well, this is wrong, that's wrong, and we agree with you here and we agree with you there. And, well, we don't agree with you on this one, whatever the case may be. But that's no good to Munster. They've lost the game. Yeah, I, I, I think... I can hear your frustration, and I agree to lots of that. I, I, for me, I, I think you know, just like a player, there's never going to be a perfect game from a ref. But what you're looking for is consistency. So lots of side entries at malls, and then uh, just before they get their second try, Niles Cannon's penalised for coming inside entry in the wall, which is fine because he did. But then up on the opposite side, that doesn't happen. First half, Jerry Lockman. Uh, gets penalised for going off his feet, uh, sealing off a breakdown, and uh, Toulouse kicked from that. And likewise, um, you know, Toulouse are in their 22 and they're completely sealing off. And you can actually see the Munster players pointing down. And it's almost a case of saying like, well, you, you penalise us over here, which is fine in terms of if that's what you're thinking, but you've got to be consistent across the board. And I think if you find, if there's consistency across the board, rightly or wrongly, then, you know, you're, you kind of yeah, have a, okay. you could take it better, but there was just no yeah. consistency. No, and, no and, consistency. And here's a guy coming off the pitch. And I didn't like, I didn't, uh, yeah. Here, here's a guy going onto social media Saturday night and he goes out yeah. and, uh, and he, and look, mistakes happen, but I just thought the whole tempo, the whole way that, that, that game went, um, he seemed to give Toulouse decisions. And look, the, the stats show that Toulouse gave away 10 penalties and Munster eight. But there was yeah. some crucial, crucial, crucial times decisions in there. Yeah. Tyke Burton is over a ball in the second half and there's a couple of bodies under him. He's saying, oh, you can't come over. Uh, don't come over the middle of the rock. Like, wh- 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 yeah, when, yeah. where's that? What's that about? Tyke Burton gets his hands in the ball and the referee's telling him, leave it alone. Um, never rewarded him at all. So, um, you know, you're talking about refereeing standards. The refereeing standard on Sunday was dreadful, really dreadful. And I don't want to be knocking referees and at this, but days like that can make you go, well, 
yeah, you can understand the Razzie Erasmus, the first stuff in the lines that coaches like this, this has massive implications for Monster Rugby as a club. They win that game. They possibly, who knows what happens with the Northampton. But if you got three out of four wins, you're looking at around 16 home game. That's a lot of financial, um, um, it's a big financial uplift for a club like Monster, and you know one score in the game. And so, look, there's there's plenty of decisions there and things that could have went went the other way. But I just thought they didn't get any of them on on Sunday. So, uh, just quickly, we'll move on to Northampton. They were beaten forty six twelve by La Rochelle, the champions at home. Um, so that would suggest it's going to be no no bother for Monster on Sunday. Nave, what do you think? Uh, gosh, no. Yeah, forty six twelve. Sorry, forty six. Yeah, forty six twelve. They were away to Larson, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Watch that game. I thought. Um, yeah, that was just very much a case of Northampton not being able to deal with Larson's physicality. Um, thirty two nil at half time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they lost that last this weekend. Gone. But they also got harmony against Gloucester the week before. At thirty four nineteen, I think I read so. They're not in a very rich vein of form and they can go two ways. They can either be, you know, able to flip it around and, and be able to go for this or or they're they're continuously going to slide down that. And in, in the Gallagher, Gallagher Premiership, they've yeah. played 10, won four, lost six. Um, yeah, they're, they're not six, going well this sixth season. in the yeah. table. Dan Bigger being injured is huge and obviously he's leaving now as well. He's and, gone, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, Lewis Ludlam. They, they've got a couple of like players that are like that can, um, you know, Tommy Freeman, George Fairbank. They're they're good, like they're good and they're elusive Co- in, in open play. Laws came off the but, bench, and I think they'll they'll obviously look at Munster as a big scalp and a scalp. chance to kind yeah, of yeah, and the home game for them get, and, get back on track, um, yeah. respond for something like this. Um, Phil Dawson, who's coaching Sam Vesti, I played against both those guys. They're very passionate. Uh, Phil Dawson is a Northampton man through and through and I think he spoke in, in the press after the game that you know the first half they just couldn't live with La Rochelle they, they were mentally not ready for it um, but their second half performance was was so much better um, they scored two tries themselves I know so did La Rochelle but massive improvement and he t- he even said it you know Munster coming next week is we need to be so much better but we we will be up for this one, so it's not going to be um, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult, and and any team in Europe, you've got to be really really mentally prepared. And um, it's a Sunday game again, a Sunday afternoon, which Munster have got two Sunday games. But um, can you see Munster going there and winning and getting the results and 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 keeping their kind of up? Uh, I suppose getting to the knockout stages dream alive. They've got to be, They've got to win Sunday, basically, and beat and yeah. Northampton back to back, and hope to get something in Toulouse. Last year, I think teams got out of the two pools on seven and eight points. Seven. So I, two wins yeah. possibly gets you out of the pool. Um, I know it'll probably mean you're away in the round sixteen, but I think we know Munster are not going to win a European Cup unless they get a. Who knows? God only knows in sport. But the reality is, it's going to be incredibly difficult. But I think progressing in the competition is really important as well for the players' development, isn't it? Yeah, hugely. And I, 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 you, I based on last Sunday, what I watched against Arashel, Munster 
100%. They go with the same intensity, the same mindset, the same ability to get off the line than they did against um, Toulouse. And they've got a great chance because their ability to hold on to the ball is so much better than Northampton's. Their ability to go through the phases, their ability to be able to find those half gaps. Um, Northampton are in a strange place of flux, obviously. I think they miss Dan Bigger hugely. Um, you know, he's been, they're kind of leading light. They're kind of, I suppose Johnny Sixton-esque or our, our old Ronan O'Gara type of a figure in terms of how he leads them and um, and that makes a huge difference and um, they seem to be a little bit they seemed a little bit rudderless against uh, La Rochelle last weekend I'm not saying that you know you can't turn that around seven days we've seen Munster do it before but I just think um, I think if Munster come physicality I think they'll 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 look to start maybe um, I think they will look I maybe Jack Crowley um, unless you're thinking um, we need something off the bench if we need some energy off the bench then you're going to have to keep Jack Crowley on it um, with Paddy Patterson I'd imagine um, but other than that um, I, I'm not sure they'll they'll make a huge amount of change yeah I don't think so I think um, I think there'll be more more the same uh, team and, and maybe it'll be Leinster, Ulster, that, that there'll be some changes, but I think they've got to go strong again this week. And um, it's not going to be easy because sometimes when it's you, you're kind of you're the team you're playing have a a big loss. But to clarify, I think most teams going to La Rochelle could the same thing could happen to them. That's yeah. how strong La Rochelle are. They're the current champions as well. So um, it'll be. Uh, It'll be interesting. Both sides struggling in the league. Munster are in the URC. Northampton are sixth, but there's a load of teams around there are losing lots of games. Um, but I think they're 19 or 20 points behind Saracens who are, who are top of the league, one nine from nine. Um, it'll be an interesting one. Courtney Laws, he's he's back from, he came off the bench and you mentioned Ludlam. I think they're two abrasive, aggressive guys that will give them a bit of grit, but um, it's one to look forward to. I'm sure it'll be Lots of monster people traveling over on Sunday and hopefully they can get back on track. So that's it from us. Uh, episode 49 um, of the Red 78 all wrapped up to make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone. Just search for the Red 78 and uh, you can leave a comment or an observation. Send us a tweet or a message at Rugby Channel 15 or leave a comment on YouTube. And as ever, we'll see you next week, Neve. And uh Hopefully Munster do get back on track. Um, but it's great to have Europe back again. There were some incredible games at the weekend. And dare we say it, Leinster were phenomenal. Oh, class. Phenomenal. So class. there's probably um, four or five teams that are kind of sticking their head above the the, the water and, and, and look like they could be contenders. Leinster look like top of the pile there. But anyway, we can only dream at the moment being Munster people, but uh, who knows in the future. So thanks a million. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Quinny. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.